If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't had the chance to watch The Mind Polluters yet, we want to let you know that you can watch it online exclusively at themindpolluters.com. The Mind Polluters exposes the graphic sex education, social-emotional learning programs, and the roots of all this corruption in our public school systems, all the way back to Alfred Kinsey and his perverse experimentation on children, and how it was legitimized through publications and eventually codified into law around the world. Have you found yourself wondering where all these pornographic library books came from? Have you wondered where in the world all of this started? Well, The Mind Polluters answers all those questions and more. Watch The Mind Polluters today at themindpolluters.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the intersection of faith, family, and filmmaking. You're listening to Fearless with Mark and Amber. I'm Amber Archer, and joining me is my husband, Mark Archer. I'm the guy. This is the guy. This is the guy. Definitely the the guy. Definitely the guy. We are a husband and wife filmmaking team on a mission to educate, motivate, and inspire others to take action in their communities for Christ. Together, we are one body and many parts, and real change happens at the local level. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. We're glad you're here. This is going to be part two of a new series we're doing about the pagan gods of this age. Last week, we started sharing about the false pagan god Gaia, or aka Mother Nature. And there's so much happening around us that we needed to spend a little more time on Gaia. So if you missed last week, make sure to go back and listen to that first and... And also, be sure to share, subscribe, and leave us a review on your favorite listening platform. It's a small way you can help us continue to grow this ministry. And Mm -hmm. we are off to the races today. So you have more fun things about Gaia. I have all kinds of fun things about Gaia. (laughs) I really do. I had to, we realized that we left people hanging with some of these things because we weren't fully prepared. Well, we were prepared. There was just so much that we can't fit into yeah. to our, our small podcast. We know you guys are busy. We don't want to waste yeah. your time. And oh. I don't want to overwhelm you with dumb stuff, but, but some of the stuff is so dumb. dumb, it's hysterical. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, let's see. Let me start off here with um, Nicole Kidman. Duh, Ashley. You know, have you heard, heard about this? With Nicole Kidman? Well, only because you shared it on your Facebook page. I did. So yeah. if you didn't see this, um, I have <laughs> Nicole Kidman. So remember we talked about, uh, we kind of mentioned in passing Bill Gates and how he wants everybody to eat bugs. Yeah, that's that's what we were talking about last week. Mm-hmm. And I realized there's probably a lot of people that think that that's just, you know, just <laughs> kidding. So I went and I found... This clip of Nicole Kidman uh-huh. eating bugs, trying to sell us all on how eating, delicious and nutritious. Eating, and she, as she refers to it as micro livestock. Uh huh. Okay. So I actually put it on my Facebook page. I said, in case you think we're kidding, we'll leave it on the blog. Here it we'll is. Link. <laughs> okay. And just to substantiate this some more with some more fake media, uh, I've, People Magazine. Okay, if yeah. you, if you just just do a, I don't even say Google search, a DuckDuckGo search, because Google is evil. Um, just do a a search of Nicole Kidman eats bugs, uh-huh. and here's from People Magazine. Uh, this was this was in 2018. Okay. Um, watch Nicole Kidman casually eat four bowls of bugs. <clears throat> 
<laughs> yeah, it was pretty gross. Nicole Kidman doesn't just eat bugs, she likes them. When the 50-year-old actress isn't on the set of Big Little Lies, how appropriate, she could potentially be found eating insects at any time. Yeah, right. <laughs> because everybody carries those in their lunchbox. Okay? <laughs> I mean, okay, and to be fair... I ate crickets one time at a birthday party. It was one of the kids' birthday party, and I went, and the kids were afraid to eat it. And I thought, well, it was an insect birthday party for this little girl, and there they were. There were four different flavors. <laughs> this is redonkulous. Absolutely redonkulous. Abisha redonkulous. You know what that means? Okay, so I did legitimately eat four different flavors of crickets, but it doesn't mean that I want to eat those every day as my diet it's one, or nutrition plan. It's one okay? thing to do it sort of uh, at, as, a, as a dare at a birthday party. This is, <laughs> this is what they want because their worship as Gaia is so bonkers over the top. Uh-huh. They believe that eating meat is evil. They're not just vegans. They're totally off the rails. <laughs> so, it, you know, it's one thing. This is what I say <clears throat> to vegans. If you want to be a vegan, fine. Leave my bacon alone. Mm-hmm. Right? It's <laughs> stop forcing it on everyone else. Um, so... In Wait, the were, la- you, were you going to play that? Yeah, I will in a second. Oh, okay. In the latest installment of Vanity Fair's Secret, Secret Talent Theater... Kidman takes on a four-course meal of bugs. Okay, so now you've got People Magazine, Vanity Fair. So mm-hmm. all you have to do is look at all these, all of these. I don't even want to call. Them, are they mainstream? Would you call them mainstream? They're entertainment. I, they're Who knows? People Magazine. I know it's what been if? around forever, and it's all fake. Mm-hmm. Um, Two billion people in the world eat bugs, and I'm one of them. She says proudly <laughs> during the video. You wait. So I wonder: Is this eat bugs for your daily nutrition? Because yeah, she, this is she's what certainly they want. she's certainly on the video, and well, I'll leave a link to it for in the blog, so you guys can go and watch it if you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, I had I, I posted I posted a picture, um, a couple maybe a month or so ago. Someone was at the grocery store, and they were buying. I don't remember what they were buying, but they they took a picture of the back of the bag, oh, yes. the ingredients, yeah. and it had cricket protein in it. <laughs> I think I think Nisi posted that off. Yeah, find it. And it was you just read it going what? Yeah. yeah, it's ground up crickets. That's what they're using for the protein. So they're and we'll talk about why this is in a second. But first, hold on to your lunch. Because I've got the audio of Nicole Kidman eating bugs. I'm Nicole Kidman, and I am going to eat a four-course meal of bugs. You have to watch it. I am here to reveal my hidden talent. It's heavily produced. micro livestock. Corn worms. They're still alive. Mmm. Mmm. Extraordinary. Mmm. Very moist. Chewy. Can't quite describe the flavor, but well, for somebody who eats these daily, (laughs) why are we having these sorts of reactions? Second guy, shall we? Just a little side note: two billion people in the world eat bugs, and I'm one of them. Because here we go. Uh huh. Right. That's what your writers told you. Mealworms. Now, telling you, I'd win Survivor. 
That is a um, fruity taste. I'd recommend it. Here we have. Oh, oh. crickets. Oh, nothing. Oh. oh, awesome. Awesome. Like nothing you've ever tasted. Like a hairy nut. <laughs> Don't. Oh my gosh. A nut from the shell. And now for dessert. Mm. The fried grasshopper. These uh -huh. mm -hmm. are amazing. These are exquisite. I'm going to make you want to run out and just get yourself some grasshoppers. <laughs> I recommend them. No, it doesn't. For anyone. Thank you for spending so much time with me and watching me eat bugs. Till next time. Oh. Wow. What's, what's really sad is that when I think about it, I think, okay, there were people who came up with a script yeah. and you made a whole set mm -hmm. and you planned this out because I want to know who is your target audience. That's what I want to know. Yeah. Who are you targeting? Well, and I can just, I'll just point out. So... <clears throat> I have I have done many many film projects through my life, not just documentaries. I've mm -hmm. directed fairly big name actors, David Carradine, Mariel Hemingway. Okay, done big films, and I can tell you, actors will say anything that you put on paper. Yeah. You're paying them, <laughs> of course. <laughs> There's a reason why we call them meat puppets. Okay, they're just, I mean, so is she really this enthusiastic? Enthusiastic. About bugs? No. I don't know. Uh, I doubt it. Just based on her reaction to these bugs. Yeah, I don't come think so. on. I think it's all. It's, it looks like it was probably the first time you'd ever eaten a mealworm. Yeah, this is, so 10 years ago, this would be on an episode of Punked. Yeah. <laughs> right. This now now we're trying to really sell this. So in honor of Gaia story number one, let's just let's just connect with the earth here with our chant. What is this? Alrighty then. Alrighty then. Alrighty then. I have another one. Where did you get that from? That's from Ace Ventura 2. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I thought I recognized it, but I couldn't place it. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so um, if any of you are on Twitter, this is... Uh, so Now, I got this off of InfoWars, and, and then I went and I watched the video. I do not have the audio of the video, but it, it it's hard. And the reason is because it was kind of hard to understand. Um, but you can go watch it. But what's more fun is all of the comments. So Ellen DeGeneres. Uh -huh. um, filming outside her Montecito home in front of an overflowing creek on Monday, DeGeneres blamed the torrential floods. What's the date on this? This was just this week. So the, apparently they've been getting a lot of rain mm. in Southern California. Which causes flash flooding. Ellen, you live in the desert. Okay. <laughs> I just want to point this out, honey. Um, blame the torrential floods on humans not being nice to Mother Nature. 
Oh, AKA Gaia. Right, Gaia. So, and again, the theme here today is just to follow up and kind of point out all of the places in everyday stories now that you're going to see. This is all people worshiping the earth mm-hmm. and, and the hysterical reactions that they have. Um, Ellen DeGeneres, uh, we need to be nicer to Mother Nature because Mother Nature is not happy with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey. Because, because, because the creek why? behind your house is is swollen with water, therefore the whole earth is mad. <sighs> <sighs> we need to be na- nicer to Mother Nature. Let's all do our part. Let's stay safe, everybody. Now, this is where this is the best part. We need popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't read them yet, so I don't know. <laughs> the 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 comments on Twitter uh-huh. were hysterical. Uh, uh, no, Ellen, we need to hold our elected officials accountable for decades of not preparing for rain. Um, maybe we should push <laughs> a virgin into a volcano. <laughs> that was Jordan Peterson. <laughs> uh, I continue to find it so interesting that the left belittles moral stances that originate in religious dogma, but then describe weather phenomena as a meta, as metaphysical consequences. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, Adam Baldwin. Uh, Is there a more perfectly self pedestalizing declaration than mother nature is not happy with us? How the, does Ellen presume to know what mother nature feels about us at any moment, given moment of time? Mm -hmm. Has she not seen the weather forecast for Maui? If there's a drought, it's terrible. If there's rain, it's terrible. If there's fire, it's terrible. If there's wind, it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much sums it up. Um, we are doomed. Yes. No, Ellen, celebrities should do their part and move into solar-powered tiny houses, stop using planes and cars, cars and eat bugs like you want us to. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. <laughs> so I thought that was... Yeah, so... Um, this is redonkulous. Absolutely redonkulous. Capisce redonkulous. You know what that means? How about big media getting paid off by climate change advocates? You don't say. Don't say. You don't say. Can't be true. From World Net Daily, January 7th, the, the AP. Oh, you know so, it's going to be good. Okay, so if... And, so it, for people who don't know, the AP, that stands Associated for the Press. Associated Press. And it's sort of like, if you look at... A lot of even local publications, it'll say from the AP or AP Newswire or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a national news service. And they push their garbage down to all of these local and regional that can't necessarily cover that story. Mm -hmm. So you'd be surprised at how much of your quote-unquote local news is actually from the AP wire. Mm Mm-hmm. So you're not really getting the local take on a lot of this. So if something happens in Washington, D.C. and Bluffton, Indiana wants to write about it, they'll pull it from the AP. Right. Okay. The AP, the legacy media outlet that dates to the 1800s, okay, when telegraph wires were the high-tech way of moving information, has admitted that it is getting paid by special interests for its reporting. A report from the Washington Standard documents the wire service confirmed last year that it had, quote, scored $8 million, 
quote, to promote claims of global warming. Okay, and time out, especially mm-hmm. because we are in legislative session right now across the country. Right. All these, all these, all, we're all meeting, right? Mm-hmm. And the same way that they're getting paid to peddle this fake news, basically, right. by these NGOs, is the same thing that's happening to your legislators. Mm-hmm. At the state house, yes, there are plenty of activists who are down there trying to influence what is happening. So be paying attention in your state, and please read the bills yes. that are coming through your state house and supporting your local legislators and yes. representatives. So the AP impartially described this massive conflict of interest as an illustration of. Quote, how philanthropy has swiftly become an important new funding source for journalism. Yeah, don't say. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it? I love how they play these word games, uh-huh. right? Philanthropy has become an important new funding source for journalism. In other words, you're getting paid off mm-hmm. to write what they tell you to write. Mm-hmm. May I just point out, this is what... We at Fearless Features refuse to do. Mm-hmm. We do, and we've said before, we're one hundred percent donor funded. We don't take money because it keeps us free of corporate ties and money, so that they cannot control what we say. Because trust us when we say there are plenty of ways to score big grants mm-hmm. to build a nonprofit, but big money comes with big strings, strings attached, mm-hmm. and they want to control what you say and they want to have somebody on your board and things like that, right? They, they just kind of want to move in and control everything. And we've, we've said no. Right. So if you, and with that, if you would like to help us here at Fearless mm-hmm. Features and continue this ministry, go to fearlessfeatures.org. So continuing, one of its officials claimed this far reaching initiative will transform how we cover the climate story. <laughs> Back off, man. I'm a scientist. That is no doubt true and an incredibly damaging admission, the standard explained. The philanthropic quid pro quo saw five organizations fund the AP's dedicated team of more than two dozen journalists to cover climate issues. Oh, did they list the five organizations? Um, I don't think so. That's always fascinating when you see who's actually funding it. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we've got some. Um, okay. Influencers. Okay. Climate Leadership Council. These are, these are the organizations that are influencing this. Uh, the Climate Leadership Council. Um, now the AP has helpfully, helpfully promoted the Climate Leadership Council's carbon tax plan and puff pieces like an article called Carbon Tax Plan, worthy of bipartisan support. That's um, usually a lie. Oh, yeah. And we'll talk about that after the break. But, um, okay, other influences contributing to AP's revenue are the Rockefeller Foundation. You don't say. One of our favorites. Oh, my goodness. The William and Flora Hewlett Foundation. Don't know um, much about them. Don't know much about them. Uh, the Howard Hughes Medical Institute. And the Walton Family Foundation. Oh, you don't say. Your Walmart Walmart dollars hard at work trying to corrupt the news. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yes. The foundation of Walmart heirs has four board members. Lucas Walton, Sam Walton's grandson, also served as its Environment Program Committee Chair. Lucas's four 
billion dollar builders version organization directs 90% of its investments into ESG. Ugh. Which I'll talk about a little bit before we're done here. Um, yes, the AP is taking money from organizations heavily leveraged in green investments to promote the need for green investments. Why? Because because they're worshiping they're worshiping Gaia. Because well, f- yeah, because and from a financial standpoint, they have to promote the snot out of green investments be- because they're terrible investments mm-hmm. because the technology doesn't work. Yeah. You're burying the wind turbine blades out in the desert. Mm-hmm. I mean, how efficient is that? Yeah, yeah. Good for the environment. Right. Sort of. <laughs> okay, so when we come back, we're going to do a follow-up. You've got one on... Oh, the, the UN. The UN, summit. and then I've got a follow-up <laughs> on the Chinese five-element theory. And that was the, from, yeah, what we talked about last week. From, and the Native American Medicine Wheel Circle of Life. Okay. Be right back. Hi, friends. Did you know that this podcast is part of the ongoing ministry of Fearless Features, which is a nonprofit filmmaking ministry we founded together as a husband and wife filmmaking team? We started Fearless Features back in 2017 as an act of obedience to the clear call that we both heard from the Lord, telling us that it was time for us to do more with our time, talent, and resources as filmmakers to help educate the body of Christ, the church, about the things really happening in our world and our culture. We knew from our years of working in corporate and commercial film that motion pictures are a powerful medium for telling stories that can inspire people to get out and take action and engage in culture, the church body, and even shape legislation. If you've seen our latest release, The Mind Polluters, you know how powerful its message is. What you may not know is that the film was made possible by the financial support of only 73 people. That handful of people helped us make a film that has not only educated parents, grandparents, educators, and legislators, now numbering in the hundreds of thousands. They have been part of saving countless numbers of children from the devastating effects of graphic sex education and social-emotional learning. The Mind Polluters has now been seen in over 40 countries worldwide and has inspired grassroots organizations and legislative sessions across the nation to take action and protect our most precious gifts, our children. You know, we talk all the time about wanting to make real change and impact in the world in a real way for Christ, but many of us don't know how to put that into action. Well, would you consider partnering with us financially as we continue to produce even more film content to keep shining the light of truth into culture and exposing the fruitless deeds of darkness? If so, would you consider becoming a monthly supporter of this ministry? We've set a goal for 2023 to find 250 people who will partner with us for only $35 per month. Our ministry is 100% donor funded. We don't take any money from influencers or grants that would seek to dilute the message of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is at the heart of every film we produce. Our films are made and supported by people just like you because we believe in Jesus and his promises. We believe in America and we believe in making movies for the people by the people. Please prayerfully consider joining us as a monthly supporter or even a one-time supporter. We appreciate all of you and couldn't do this without you. Okay, so when we talked last week and I was reading an article and it referenced... Chinese five element theory and the Native American medicine wheel. I know I had too many questions. You had too many questions. <laughs> so I had to go back and look it up and and I mean look at the picture. This is why 
there was no time. You could do a whole month worth. Oh my goodness! Just yeah. This. So we'll leave. Uh, we, I'll leave. I'll leave a link leave to the links. blog so you guys can see them. But to to sum it up, the Chinese five elements are fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. Okay, so at the top, if you imagine a wheel cut into five slices, mm-hmm. a pie. I like pie. Pizza. Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> um, fire. And in there is pericardium, heart, small intestine. What? It's the summer season, climate, heat, development, growth. Okay, so that, it's just weird. You go to the to the right, and you're in the earth, the earth slice, stomach, spleen. I don't know what I, I don't know. You know if. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and then the next one is white, and that's metal. And then the next one is water. Urinary, bladder, kidney. I guess that makes sense. Uh, <laughs> wood is gallbladder and liver. Let's see. Metal is large intestine and lung. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess you would have to have some kind of kooky degree to understand how to work. Yes. And let me just say that the Bible, you can read it and understand it for yourself. You don't need to go and hypothesize about any of these elements. Yeah. My goodness. Why Why does it have to be so complicated? I honestly feel sorry for people who get so stuck and sucked into these types of idolatry mm-hmm. and and false pagan gods. Well, I can give you an example of why I why I think this. I, I mean, I don't think I'm too far off on this, but they want the more complicated they can make it appear, the more you need them right to explain it to you. Right, they get paid right by being the delivery service. Yes, and the, it's it's like it's like the uh, you know the. The Catholic, Roman Catholic Church in the in the medieval time, when they only did things in Latin, and you as the peasant, you were too dumb. You to, couldn't read. Uh, you couldn't read on your own. Mm. And it did not need to be in any language other than Latin, because nobody but the priests understood Latin. Right. So you needed them to interpret it for you. Mm-hmm. That's how they maintained their power. So it's the same kind of thing. It's like when um, when we used to shoot film to make movies and when digital came along and HD came along and guys that that were film cinematographers were dragged kicking and screaming into the digital age because when it was film it was very it was a very elite process i mean if you knew if you had film cameras and knew how to make pretty pictures with film you were the elite of the elite, and you got paid a lot of money by people mm. like me who ne- didn't necessarily. I knew how to shoot still photos of film, but I didn't have access to movie cameras, mm-hmm. so it was easier just to hire somebody to do that. And that's how they maintain that control. Well, not only that, but think of the. Um, I was going to say the processing. What's that? What's oh, that the called? labs. The, the labs. Oh, you know, yeah. those people like you completely yeah. cut them out. You know, they they are no longer needed. Same mm-hmm. thing with these people. If if I can if if I can understand these things myself, I don't need you to right. interpret for me. Right. You know, and, and that's what we say about a lot of these 
organizations that are out there, these uh, that are pushing, you know, the, the transgender stuff and uh, this climate change, they have to keep pushing this to maintain their job, mm-hmm. whether they believe it or not. They're they're there for for the dollars. Yeah, yeah. So on to more of the bloody blah. <laughs> Native American medicine wheel circle slash circle of life. So this one's only four, four slices. Okay, but but it's got a center circle. Does it, it does have a center circle. So in the center is brown, and that's home, sixth chakra, <laughs> balance. And th- your, this this will make more sense if you listen to last week's podcast. Right. Balance <laughs> your higher self and infinite timeless. Okay, so then on the north is spiritual seventh chakra, winter elder, source of all things. East is mental third chakra. I don't know what a chakra is. Okay, so here's another whole thing. I, I, we could go all un- right. into another. I don't care what a chakra is. No, but it, but it is really fascinating when you start um, looking into the, you know, we looked at it and we said, okay, what do we see happening? Yeah. And what we see are a lot of pagan worship. Yes. And and so we're like, okay, let's sit down, let's talk about these things. But mm-hmm. once you start researching them and getting into them, you find stuff like this and it's just you're down the rabbit hole. Yeah, it's just it's just ridiculous. The bottom line is what just listen to all of these words and just make mental note when I see these words, mm-hmm. then the red flag should go off. Okay, east, mental third chakra, spring, child rebirth, self-esteem, self-love, ah? Uh-huh. Social emotional learning. Healing and purification. South, emotional, second chakra, summer, adolescence, relationship with self and others. West, this blue, physical, fourth chakra, fall, adult, self-care, let go of shoulds. And this was, like the, this was the, the medicine, Indian medicine this wheel? This is the Indian medicine wheel. Okay. Wisdom and fulfillment. And then there's this uh, arrow that says below, first chakra, Mother Earth. Oh, my gosh. So it just, you know, all in the, all in the, out of chaos comes order. See, here I'm now by myself uh, uh, talking to myself. That's, that's chaos. Dude. Okay, you hit it on that. <laughs> yeah, so just in November, so every year there is a climate summit. <laughs> Don't you know? Okay. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. So clergy, this is this is what's fascinating. We're talking about clergy. So the the religious elite. They hold a multi this is the title of this article. And mm-hmm. uh, this is uh, November 17th, 22. Clergy hold multi-faith climate repentance ceremony as UN summit wraps up in Egypt. This town needs an enema. Okay. Uh, how do you expect me to go on after that? What? Oh my gosh. So the pyramids were lit up to welcome world leaders to the UN climate summit in Sharm el Sheikh, Egypt. In what almost looked like an end of the world trade show sponsored by Coca-Cola and other big corporations. Ready? Yeah. COP27. COP. Do you remember what that stood for? COP27. Convention, Convention of, of uh, go ahead. Parties or, uh, no. Okay. Anyway, COP27 began as all the other climate summits with the dire warning that life on Earth would end if climate change isn't stopped. Now, mind you, 
these are world leaders <laughs> all convening and getting together. Conference of the parties. Oh, conference of the parties. Conference That's what it is. Parties. Catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> all right, go ahead. So, so when we tell you there are people in positions who really believe these things mm-hmm. and making decisions on your behalf. Mm-hmm. All right. So I, as I go on here, quote, the clock is ticking, warned UN Secretary General Antonio uh, Guterres. We are in the fight of our lives and we are losing. Greenhouse gas emissions keep growing. Global temperatures keep rising. We are on a highway to climate hell with our foot still on the accelerator. We are doomed. Run away. (laughs) Run for my life. Go ahead. (laughs) Decades of failed climate prophecies of doom. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Go ahead. Okay. So it goes on. One must wonder, and I'll leave a link to this in the show notes. You guys can read this for yourself. One must wonder, however, whether the doomsday rhetoric can be trusted. After all, 50 years ago, the U.N. warned mankind only had, quote, 10 years to stop catastrophe. 40 years ago, the U.N. said we have until the year 2000 to prevent the equivalent of a nuclear holocaust. And and notice we have lots of more talk about nuclear nuclear war and things. Mm Mm-hmm. And 15 years ago, the U.N. warned that if climate change wasn't stopped by 2012, it would be too late. Idiot! The world has not only failed to end, CO2 emissions are still up more than 50%, with even the U.N. now admitting its policies have failed. It plans to throw even more money at the, quote, problem. That is the worst idea I've ever heard in my life, Tom. Yes, because money is going to fix it, right? Right. Okay. (laughs) After 26 previous climate summits and trillions spent on climate policies, the UN still doesn't have a a blueprint to lower the Earth's temperature. What would you say you do here? (laughs) (laughs) So I could go on, but, you know, it's just... And it's so interesting to see because there are so many corporate organizations. They keep trying to get this ESG, environmental governance. Environmental, social, and governance. Social and governance. That's what it is. Um, and, and so they have to keep pushing this. Just like the bugs. Just like mm-hmm. the crickets. You have to keep introducing these things over and over and over again until people finally give up. <laughs> submit. But, you know, the problem is we're all looking at what happens when you submit. Yes. Um, I'm not even going to go there right now. Yeah. Let's, but, but if you know, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to go on. But anyway, it, it does say it's been completely um, corporatized. Yeah. So the ESG, just a very brief thumbnail explanation, because you're going to hear more and more about this if you don't know already what ESG is. So this is... This is being pushed from the top, from the UN, from the World Economic Forum, um, and it's, it's, okay, as believers, we know that in the end, the Antichrist, the Lord is going to allow the Antichrist to succeed in his plans of a one-world government, mm-hmm. one-world currency, mm-hmm. okay? You see these things starting to... Uh, you, you see the chairs being set. Yeah. Right. The, the the performance is imminent. So ESG is <clears throat> is the from the top the the people that have positioned themselves to control all of the investment banking money 
have come up with this ESG, environmental, social, and governance. And what it is, in essence, is if you own, say you own a car dealership, for example, um, and you want to expand your car dealer, your, your dealership, uh, because you, you need more, you know, more product on the lot. So whoever, say you sell GM. So GM then is not going to sell you any more cars unless you have an ESG score that's compliant with what they need, because Mm -hmm. that affects their ESG Mm -hmm. score. And your ESG score is dependent on the ESG score of the people who come in at night and sweep and clean the bathrooms for, I mean, Everyone is going to be affected by it. I think it's going to be a colossal disaster until... Well, of course it is. Until it's the all Lord, man-made. It's un, all chaos. Right. It's, it's chaos. So, but what it, it, it essentially is you have to check off some boxes environmentally that you're doing these things, right? That you're, that you're eating bugs. Uh, socially, that you're all in for the trans agenda. And governance, that you're all in for letting the government tell you what to do. Right. Well, and, and here, even in this article with, with the UN and the climate summit, um, the, the one guy, a climate skeptic, Mark um, Morano, author of The Great Reset, Global Elites and the Permanent Lockdown, said he saw more corporate sponsors at the event than ever before. They've been completely corporatized. The main partners this year are everyone from Microsoft, Google to IBM and all the big corporate conglomerates that can come in. There's Meta, the parent company to Facebook, Infinity, Cisco, Bank of America, Coca-Cola, Bloomberg. And Al Gore was there pushing <laughs> his new climate, tra- uh, climate trace initiative. This is what we're talking about. Right. Um, the global, a global network which tracks down carbon emitters so they can be fined or shut down. Gore told the summit, quote, now, for any nation that requests our assistance, Climate Trace can provide all the assistance necessary to monitor all of the emissions from every major point source in its territory every year for free. Okay, so again, here's someone who is only there. You need me. Here's where I'm getting paid. You need me to come in and help you interpret mm-hmm. for you, right? So what they're doing is they're closing they're closing all the exit ramps. Uh-huh. You if you want to, and it's eventually again as believers we know that when the when the church is removed and the antichrist rises to power, this will be in place for seven years. Mm-hmm. That he will have absolute power, and if you do not comply with it, because part of compliance with it will be worshiping the antichrist Mm -hmm. like in ancient rome you had to pledge your allegiance to worshiping caesar as lord Mm -hmm. same kind of thing here and um they will have success with this but i uh, my theory is i think it's it's not going to work until because we as as the body of christ are the resistance Mm -hmm. and they we are standing in the way yeah so well, the Holy Spirit's in the way. The Holy Spirit, yeah. <laughs> so Morano warned that it is, quote, tracking every private entity to see how much CO2 with the explicit purpose of helping the United Nations enforce climate treaties. Mm-hmm. It's not far-fetched to think that this climate trace CO2 monitoring will be following humans and monitoring us as well. Oh, yes. Not far-fetched at all, given Google is one of the six 
funding organizations of Climate Trace. Mm -hmm. Imagine that. Also during the summit, clergy held what was called the world's first multi-faith climate repentance ceremony to, quote, (laughs) seek forgiveness for climate sins. Okay. Activists went up to Mount Sinai and smashed what were supposed to be the Climate Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. On Mount Sinai. On Mount Sinai. Yes. Don't think that this isn't satanic. Uh, no. This is absolutely satanic. Because what was gi- what was given at Mount Sinai to Moses? The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. Thou tablets, shalt not. Tablets inscribed by the Lord himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Rowan Williams, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, said, quote, We've tried to formulate ten principles. What we call climate repentance, that is acknowledgement of where we've all as a human race fallen short. Okay, then. Okay. So one more example that our eldest daughter wanted me to throw in here. And we (laughs) we argued about it because we really, so we have daughters. (laughs) And we really didn't want to throw My Little Pony under the bus. No, we don't. Because we love My Little Pony. And it's this is not to say, oh, My Little Pony is demonic. We're not saying that. We're not. But just as an example of how this has permeated culture. Remember, we played the, the clip from Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. And now I just want it, to, it's easier if you just listen to the audio based on what we've all talked about. Let's listen to a little bit of. Well, it's funny because, because. You know, our 13-year-old says, hey, I know an example of that. <laughs> yeah. You know, so when you make them aware of yeah. things, they can see it for what it is. Uh, and I I can just, full disclosure, we have lots of My Little Ponies And here. I still love My Little Pony. I, it's, a, it's a good show, but uh, <laughs> just be aware. Here we go. You think you can destroy the elements of harmony just like that? Well, you're wrong, because the spirits of the elements of harmony are right here. What? Applejack, who reassured me when I was in doubt, represents the spirit of honesty. Fluttershy, who tamed the manticore with her compassion, represents the spirit of kindness. Pinkie Pie, who banished fear by giggling in the face of danger, represents the spirit of laughter. I like all these. Rarity, who calmed a sorrowful (laughs) serpent with a meaningful gift, represents the spirit of generosity. And Rainbow Dash, who could not abandon her friends for her own heart's desire, represents the spirit of loyalty. The spirits of these five ponies got us through every challenge you threw at us. You still don't have the sixth element. The spark didn't work. But it did. A different kind of spark. I felt it the very moment I realized how happy I was to hear you, to see you, (laughs) how much I cared about you. You see how it, it, it's not exactly Gaia, right? But they remember that they've got their five elements. I can see. I'm glad you're looking at me because I feel confused. <laughs> it's, they've taken. So this is what. Sorry, this is what happens when you're writing. They've taken. They've taken elements of this. The influence of. The Earth first kind of thing is there. It's, oh. you know, we're going to take five elements, but we're going to remake instead of the five elements of Chinese oh, yeah, medicine, it, it it's going to be the five elements of harmony. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. And it's friendship and love and all yeah. that, right? So it's, 
it's not exactly that's why I say I'm not trying to throw my little pony into the bus but the what it, the example is and she recognized it right away she said oh yeah I mean my little pony has stuff like that and it's true yeah and they've got magic crystals and things like that but you know what so does Lord of the Rings yeah and Lord of the Rings is you know was written by Tolkien who is a Christian so um, it's not bad but it's just so that you can recognize how much influence this has on our culture. It's just kind of everywhere. And having those conversations with your kids, because, I mean, it was a great conversation afterwards yeah. to say, listen, they're worshiping something else. Yeah. And, you know, and like I said, my little pony isn't bad. No, no. When, <laughs> it's, it's not, we like my little pony. Anyway, so that's part two of Gaia. Yeah, so that's all the time we have for this week, you guys. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Fearless with Mark and Amber. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Have a wonderfully blessed week. Be sure to visit fearlessfeatures.org to check out the blog and more episodes. Mm, yeah. Call me Mr. Lamb Fries. 